Welcome to Fun is Fundamental. Fun is Fundamental is a podcast for those who realize that the enjoyment of life is about having something deep in our souls which lights our fire. It's for those who maybe have lost that fire and feel like they are missing out on the pleasures of life. In each episode, I will share recent fun activities and focus on why having fun is essential for good health. I'm your host, Alenia, and I invite you to take this journey with me and join the pleasure-seeking movement. Hi, Lisa. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to be here with you today. I'm so glad to have you here. And can you tell the audience a little bit about your coaching business? Yeah. So um, what I do is coaching together with Family Constellations. And Family Constellations is a tool that we have to work with things that we don't actually have experienced in our lives, but we're experiencing them because we carry it from our ancestors. So uh, it's kind of like a therapy and we're carrying all this unconscious, but it affects our lives in many ways. It affects our lives with abundance, with success, with being able to, you know, have fun, to enjoy our lives. It's like if our ancestors were not able to, it's like we unconsciously don't give ourselves permissions. We make vows, we make promises, we do it the same way as they did. Uh, we sometimes carry physical things from them. We carry their trauma, their emotions, and that limits us. So with Family Constellations, what we're doing is getting into that part, that blind part that we don't know, unconscious part, uh, to find out what am I caring for my ancestors that's keeping me stuck here with joy, with abundance, with my work, with my partner, with my friends, with this situation in life, with this health issue, so that we're able to be free from that and start creating our own life without having to unconsciously be limited by what our ancestors uh, struggled because they don't want us to struggle anymore. So we, this, they actually want us to have fun and to enjoy our lives and to, you know, connect to all that life can give to us. But we are the ones that with this childish kind of like love, abundant kind of um, mentality, we, we think that this is what they want. And then we, we do it like them or, or for them. And it's actually the opposite. You know, they want us to be free, to enjoy, to have fun. Mm-hmm. So this tool is like, it's very powerful because it's what helps us to actually be able to, to change that. And um, so I do the family constellations. And when somebody needs some help integrating the work of the family constellations, then I do coaching sessions to, to help integrate that. And sometimes we do tapping. Sometimes we do, you know, strictly coaching. Sometimes we do uh, different modalities to the, for, to help in the integration process. So that's, that's what I do. <laughs> so when you talk about ancestors, how how far are we talking? How far are we going back? So usually most of the things that we have in our life go to three to four generations back. But if there's like something very tragic, something um, that was very impactful or that impacted a lot of people, like, you know, a very deep trauma, that can go up to seven generations. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting because in the in the Bible, and I'm not saying this because, you know, from the re- religious uh, perspective, but more as a historic perspective that if, you know, if it's there, it's because it's been known for a long period of time. Uh, there's a, a phrase that says something like the, the, sin, the sins of our fathers are going to be carried up to the sixth or seventh generation. Mm. 
And this is where, where that is actually coming from, because, you know, whoever wrote this uh, at that time, they had observed that when somebody would uh, done something uh, that hurt somebody else uh, in a very deep way, you know, their children will suffer, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, up to six and seven generations. And that's where the phrase comes. And this is actually what we're, we're doing in Family Constellations is we we have observed that we carry these from our ancestors and it's not our responsibility. You know, it is not us, the ones that did the hurt. It is not us, the one that experienced the trauma, the difficulty, the, the, you know, whatever happened to them. So it is, we don't need to carry that. And if, if it's not useful to us, then we can let go of this aspect. So mostly, so answering your question, mostly three to four generations, but it can be up to seven generations wow. when there's also cultural trauma, like, for example, uh, the Jewish that have struggled for so many generations and struggles in a way that are so, so impact, you know, um, the impact is so big, like like in the war, the Holocaust, all of that, you mm -hmm. know, that that affects um, many generations uh, to come. And it's not only that, you know, the, the, the previous uh, war, but, you know, they have struggled for a long time. For example, slavery also, you can still see things from, from people that were slaves affecting uh, people to, today, even if it was, you know, further generations back, but because it was so, something that happened for many generations and something so hard that you can still see that there's, there's part of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it kind of gives new meaning to the idea that if you don't remember history, you're doomed to repeat it. <laughs> but in a different way, because it's like, it's not like, like we personally are like remembering necessarily like the trauma of our, our ancestors, but yeah, we're still carrying it. Um, but if you, it sounds like remembering it, like kind of like working through it, it will set you free though, right? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> you know, that, that perspective is wonderful. And however, it's not only remembering it's remembering and honoring and respecting our ancestors to be able to understand that whatever they did, they did you know, the best that they could. They didn't have the tools that we have today and each person has their own entanglements. This is what we call what we have from our ancestors, their own traumas, their own difficulties. So we connect to our ancestors, we acknowledge them and we say, thank you for what you did. Whatever you did was necessary for me to be here today. And I'm grateful for my life and I honor and I respect you. And I let go of judgment and criticism because I know that you did the best that you could. And, you know, to all our ancestors, whatever they did in their lives is their responsibility, not ours. And we're not going to carry that anymore. So it's not just remembering, but remembering, honoring and respecting our ancestors that really makes that shift. Yeah. It kind of reminds me also of like, you know, the, there's like more research coming out about like epigenetics of like, like that turning on and off uh, different parts of your genes. And so like, I imagine like more and more they're going to find out it's like, oh, yeah, your past generations, this happening to them is like activating this gene in you like that kind of thing. Yeah, and that's exactly uh, what this is connected to. The, the epigenetics is like the scientific explanations of this. And it's interesting to, to realize, you know, because this, this has been uh, known for a long time, but the epigenetics is something that's becoming even more known today because we, we have that capacity to understand that from the scientific point of view. 
And they're doing now a lot of studies that I think are going to help us understand in a deep level how all this happens. Uh, they're doing a lot of sp studies specifically in epigenetics of, you know, people that experienced that, a big trauma, like, for example, the 9-11, uh, the, uh, the, the children from the people that experienced that, the children... Um, unborn children or even children that were of people that were pregnant at that moment when it happened and they studied those children and some of them uh most of them have a lot of of you know uh, disorders of problems of anxiety of uh difficulty concentrating uh more than the average uh, child of, of their age and and they were not alive at that moment. So you can immediately see how the impact is there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. How about, how does like it affect us like physically? Um, obviously, like things like anxiety can, can affect you physically, but even like more like tangible ailments, how does it like it reside in your body? So the... It's interesting because when we are doing the family constellations, there's a lot of sensations in the back of this heaviness, of this, you know, weight that we have in the back. So that's often what most people uh, actually relate, like with the heaviness of what we carry from our ancestors. However, we can have uh, the specific uh, illnesses, specific um, you know, problems in, in, in the body, in the physical body, like they did. Uh, you know, you, I mean, I'm sure you've seen like generations where there's this um, illness that goes down from generation to generation. Sometimes it, it skips a generation, but, but, but you see that it's something that is carried. And, you know, we understand the scientific point that is carried through the genes, but then it's the epigenetics. Why are some activated and why are not some activated? So then that's where the family constellations explanations come. You know, if the trauma is still there, then that gene is going to be activated in all the generations to come. And until someone is able to heal that, then that deactivates that gene. And then, then that, that's not going to be active anymore in the next generations. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of these entanglements that we carry from our, our our ancestors that actually are going to manifest as physical illnesses or physical problems, just like they uh, did. And um, and the good news is that we're able to, to, to work with this and to bring some kind of relief on whatever we're carrying for, for our ancestors. But yeah, definitely it, it affects our physical body in, in different ways. Yeah. yeah. So you talked about uh, some of the tools that you use you talked about like tapping e eft hypnosis is that correct did you say that yeah i didn't say hypnosis okay. um but but yeah um so so when i do the family constellations there's several things that come together there is the, the, the basic uh, understanding of how we do family constellations, but also there's a lot of intuitive work uh, that, that we do when we're doing family constellations. Um, there's also some channeling. So uh, we get information. And I know channeling sometimes sounds like very woo-woo, <laughs> very esoteric, very like, oh my goodness, what is this? Is it strange? Does it exist? I don't want to think about it. And <laughs> it's kind of like received this way. But we we all do it all the time. I mean, when you think that if you're, when you want to do something, when you suddenly get like this, 
inspiration and clarity of something and you're able to, you know, you're trying to write a paragraph of something and you're stuck and you're stuck and suddenly you get this, you know, movement of, of inspiration that suddenly starts flowing. I mean, that's like a, a channeling. We're, we're receiving information. We're receiving energy. We're getting this help. Um, and we, and, and how we receive this is difficult. It's not difficult. It's different with each person. You know, some people um, see like synchronicities, and, you know, we're walking in the street and somebody tells us uh, something that, you know, draws our attention. And then we see a sign that has uh, this is the same word. And then suddenly we start, you know, and so so that's how we're getting information. It's a little bit like channeling, but through synchronicities. Sometimes we people see visions. Sometimes people hear things. Sometimes people just know. Uh, sometimes, you know, the connecting with with others and, and feeling things is it's also another of, of these abilities through through how we feel uh so all these are ways uh that we receive information so this is one of the most important aspects that we use when we're doing constellations because we're connecting to this part of the ancestors and because there's so little that we know from them i mean if when you said how many generations back does this go uh, if you think about seven generations, I mean, I think, I don't know how many people are there, but a hundred and, and more than a hundred for sure. I mean, I, I would have to, to, you know, to make the, to, to count, but how many do we actually know? How many do we know of their lives? And, you know, even of our, our parents, how much do we know of them? Mm -hmm. We only know what we know from the moment that we've known them and what they have told us from before that. But what really happened in their life, we really don't know. So there's so little that we know. Uh, so we cannot access this information from what we know, because there's really so little that we know. So we're going to access it with our intuition, with this channeling ability of connecting what our body is connecting to. And if our body is connecting to this, then, you know, we're able to, to, to find this information because our body already has that information. We're just finding ways to access it. So that's like the main tools connected with the family constellations work. And then when I do the part of the coaching of the integration process for the people that, that want to do that, then, for example, uh, emotions is a big part that we carry from our ancestors. So if I'm carrying uh, anxiety, stress, grief, fear, anger from, from my ancestors, and I've been carrying it since the moment I, I was born, um, even though I do a constellation, you know, if I'm carrying this for 40, 50 years, it's going to be hard to, to make a shift. So the tapping is a, a tool that helps so much with the emotions, with the part of the emotions, because it helps us do like a reset in our body. You know, if I'm working with anger and if for 40 years I have been reacting with anger in situations where, you know, something triggers me, even though I do a constellation and I let go of the anger that I'm carrying for my ancestors, when that situation happens again, if I've been doing it that way for 40 years, you know, my body has a memory, has, you know, this, this pattern of doing things is going to be, is going to step into it again. Okay. So uh, tapping is really a wonderful tool to work on that part in like reprogramming the body, especially in the part of the emotions. It's really, really helpful. Um, and we can do, tapping for difficult emotions that we have but if the emotion still connected to something of the ancestor it's going to be hard to for the tapping to work in a very deep and um lasting way 
So if the emotion does belong to an ancestor, it's important that we release it uh, as we do any kind of the, you know work of dealing with the emotion, because if we don't release it, then it's going to be there, you know, in an underlying way. So it's important that we do, we do that work first. So tapping, I, I think it's a really wonderful tool that, that we do. Um, the, yeah. And then the coaching is, is part of making a plan. You know, having an objective and deciding what am I going to do about it. So again, like following the same example, let's say that I worked on an anger in a constellation and anger that I have that I'm carrying from an ancestor. And then I can do tapping to reprogram my body so that I don't have that automatic response of always going back to the anger. I don't have that pattern anymore. And then I'm going to uh, start making a plan. You know, I don't want to react this way anymore because this has been harmful for the people that I love and it's been harmful for me. So what am I going to do? So uh, in this week to come, uh, I'm going to start noticing what are my triggers? What are the things that trigger me? So I'm going to keep a journal. And every day in the morning uh, or, in, uh, you know, uh, or in the evening, I'm going to reflect on the day and see what are the things that triggered my anger and I'm going to start writing them and then uh, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to start making a list of all the triggers and after I do the list of all the triggers then I'm going to start creating new responses I'm going to imagine that I'm having this situation in my life and instead of reacting the way I've always reacted, I'm going to start creating a new way of reacting. I'm going to imagine it. I'm going to create a new story because our brain, you know, if I'm reacting with anger, it's going to always go to that pattern. It's like it has that path and it has only that path. So if we want to start breaking that pattern, we need to give the brain a different path. So for the brain, there's like no difference in, in a deep level for, with the reality and things that we imagine. So we can imagine a new path and that creates a new path in our brain, mm -hmm. even if we're just imagining it so that when in real life I get to that trigger, our brain are going to have the option of going either with the pattern that's always been there or with this new path that we're creating, but the path is already there. So we'll be able like to stop if we're working on this, like to stop instead of reacting immediately, like breathe deeply, wait a little bit for the anger to, you know, the emotion to, 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 to calm a little bit and then react the way we want to react in that moment. And since we've practiced this new path, new path, then it's going to be easier to then follow this path. Yeah. But uh, so then we would create a plan, you know, what am I going to do in my daily life to be able to work with this anger so that it's not a problem anymore. And that's what we would do in the, in the coaching sessions. And then we would, you know, see each other a week later and see you. So tell me what worked, what did not work, what can, you know, do different, what you want to do to, to work now with this another step and that's what we will be doing from the point and the perspective of the coaching part yeah okay what about like folks that are not very intuitive that are not very like in touch with because like especially like I feel like that's something that often like kind of gets like sh like stuffed down you know to be like nope ignore your gut feelings ignore ignore this ignore this ignore this what like how do you help people to kind of be like, no, like, let's, let's trust, let's listen to what your body is saying and your intuition is saying, you know? You know, there are even studies um, on this, on how our, our body knows. And this is nothing, 
you know, very mysterious. There's nothing very woo-woo. There's actually scientific studies. There's this book from Malcolm uh, Gladwell that's called Blink, I think, mm. that talks a lot about the intuition and about all these studies that they have done and the intuition. And they've done, for example, there's a study, I don't remember really the details, but there's a study of people that, you know, they gave them cards. And then if, you know, if they get a completely random and if they get a, a specific card, they win some points and if they don't, then they lose. So, you know, it's something like they, they, they can choose two different cards and if they choose and, you know, and they don't know anything. So they choose this one and it's like, oh, you got a point. Oh, great. And then they choose the next one and then two cards and then they choose this other one. Oh, you didn't get a point. huh? Uh, but there's like no obvious logic. Uh, however, after certain rounds, there is a pattern because obviously, you know, there's, let's say that the ones that have their cards and the ones that have, uh, you know, certain numbers or the ones that are red or the ones that are, you know, that come after the red one are the ones that give the person the point. So after certain repetitions, you know, we're going to learn, we're going to realize, oh, it's these, the ones that give me a point. Mm -hmm. So the interesting part of the study is that before people actually realized how it was that they were getting the points, their body was already reacting to it. So when there was a card that would give them a, a point and they were going to choose it, it was like they, they, the, the, the breathing was deeply, it was different. The, you know, the, they were studying like all the different, like the sweating, the breathing, the, the heart rate. And so it would react the body in a certain way. And when they were going to choose a card that did not give them a point, then they started sweating that the heart rate was like more tense and they were more, more tense in the body. So this is the intuition, you know, it's our, our body letting us know that uh, what is the correct path. And the thing is that, um, you know, we get, I don't know how many bytes of information every day from everything that we're seeing, hearing, uh, feeling, sensing, and um, and we're not able to have that all information present because it's too much information. So we only notice something like, and again, you know, I don't have the numbers of all these studies, but let's say we only notice like five or 10% of all the information that we're actually receiving, but the information is there in our brain. You know, what we see, let's see right now, I'm looking at my computer, so I'm only looking at this, but you know, on my vision here, there's a plant here, there's the window. And then my uh, vision is getting all of this information. So I'm not putting attention to it, but the information is there. Uh, the sounds, the so many things, uh, the uh, the memories of what we have learned in the past that we're not accessing right now are still there, and our body's like connecting to all of this. Mm -hmm. So our intuition actually is helping us to give us information on what's the best way to to act according to all of this information that our brain has, but that we're not aware of it because it's too much information. So we're not even sometimes we're not even aware that the information was there to start with. So our intuition is guiding us in this way. And like I said, there's a lot of scientific evidence of these experiments that they've done that, you know, our intuition, our body reacts to the intuition, showing us that, you know, the path, even a little bit before we're actually realizing that that's the path. Mm -hmm. So if we start to trust our intuition, we'll be able to, you know, to, to do things in a better way for us. If we trust our gut feeling, because it's not just, I mean, if you don't want to believe in it, that there's anything else other than us here in this world, it's still guiding us. 
with all this information that we actually received from the environment, from what we've seen or from what we've learned. The intuition is our gut feeling still telling us that this is what's best for us. And if you want to be open to more, uh, to, to something more, you can say, yes, it's through my intuition that also my guides are, are talking to me, you know, that I receive guidance, that I receive help through, you know, whatever's out there. Uh, you know, if you're spiritual, you can think God, source, the divine. Uh, and it's like through this, uh, how we feel our intuition that we get these messages. Um, and then going back to 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 what's out there, you know, you 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 want to maybe say, you know, I don't believe in anything of this. And um, when you know, often happens that there's a, a party, or you know, you go to somebody's house, and then you suddenly enter a room, and there's some people there, and nobody's saying anything, and you kind of feel feel tense, and you know, kind of like stress, like oh, you know, you, you know that something's going going on there, that maybe we're fighting, you know, maybe somebody offended somebody else. It's like like this sensation. Um, again, our intuition is connecting to whatever happened. Maybe it's connecting to, you know, the body language that we're not aware. Maybe, you know, there's other things we don't know, but our intuition is like, you know, grabbing all of that and telling us, you know, oh, something happened here. What do you want to do? And then we say, well, I'm going to go to another room. You know, I'm going to go to the kitchen to help in the kitchen. I'm going to think about something else to do because I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know what happened there. I don't want to know. And, um, and it happens that so often, that there's even this expression that we're able to, uh, I think it's cut the air with a knife. Mm, yeah, yeah, sure. So, you know, that's an expression that almost everybody knows. Why is this expression so common that everybody knows it? Because it happens. And whether, you, you know, as much as we want to deny it, if there's an expression that everybody knows about this, it's because there must be something. So, um, so it's interesting, you know, and of course, everybody is free to do and whatever they want to do. But in this specific part, it's interesting how much scientific, scientific proof there exists about the gut feeling, about the intuition, about this being guided, however you want to call this guidance, whether if it's like from outside and inside or only from inside, from what we have observed what we have learned that we're not aware of it in each moment, but there is some guidance that we receive through the sensations that we get with our intuition. Mm-hmm. What about for someone that was like adopted, for example, and they don't know anything at all about their ancestors? How, how does it work for someone like that? Yeah. So the, um, it's exactly the same and we can do exactly the, the, the same work. And because this is working in a very deep level, in an unconscious level, it really doesn't matter uh, if we know what happened or if we don't know what happened and if we know our ancestors or we don't know our ancestors. Um, And it's a little bit like I was telling you, you if I'm carrying something from four generations back, I mean, how much do I know from those ancestors? So it really doesn't matter if I was adopted or no, or not. You know, how many people right now know about four generations back? Uh, so, um, and with the entanglements that we have from the family system, mo- you know, almost all the entanglements we have come from our bi- biological parents, whether we knew them or not, our biological family system, whether we knew our system or not. And the people that are adopted out of this gratefulness for their adoptive parents may start taking some of the entanglements from their family system. 
out of this gratefulness for them taking care of, of, of them. But because the life, the, what brought us to life is from our biological system, that, that's where we get most of the entanglements. Mm-hmm. So when when we're doing this work, um, we, we can do this work without naming anybody from our ancestors. Just saying, you know, going back to this example, I may have some anger and then this anger is coming from someone and I'm going to release this anger because it's not mine. I don't need to know exactly who this someone is in order for the healing to take place. I need to make the decision to honor and respect whoever that is, even if I don't know them, and to let go of the, of the part that is not mine. And this is what the healing is. The knowing helps our mind, the, the you know, the conscious part understand. And it's nice, you know, because it's, you know, if I know my grandfather and this was this person that was so angry all the time, and then I realized that that's where the anger is coming from, it's like, yeah, of course, I get it, you know, and I see how this, you know, hurt his life and his the people and I don't want to do the same and but I don't want to judge him because I don't know what really what happened in his life so I'm going to let go of this and I'm going to start working on this to do something different so it it tells a story which 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 we like to to actually hear and understand because it makes sense but most of the time we don't know and it is not needed for the healing to take place and you know thinking about these uh, stories there's um, a series in Netflix called Another Self the series is in Turkish. I don't know if, if you've seen it. Uh, it has, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, something I said now, Siri was talking to me because it, it responded to my, this oh, to the series, it, it responded to Siri. So now it was talking to me. So I was just putting it off. <laughs> so uh, so it's about family constellations. It's dubbed in English and it's it's really good The the you know to, to listen to it in English. Sometimes it's not so good, but this one, it's good. And it's about family constellations. So because it's it's a TV, when you're doing a family, when they're doing a family constellation, they are represent, you know, the representatives, the people that are there doing the constellation are representing something from the past. Because it's TV, that turns out to the story of what actually happened in the past. So we see the actual, you know, people, grandparents, great-grandparents, and in the war, in a situation where somebody was killed, in whatever happened. Mm-hmm. And so we see the part of the constellation in the actual, you know, time frame of the uh, of the story, but we also see the whole story of what happened in the past. It's like, oh yeah, I get it. So it's a great way to really understand what's going on here in the family constellations. However, I'm always telling my clients that when we're actually doing the constellations, we don't have that part. We actually don't know that part. And in the series, it's nice because you we get to understand in a way that it makes sense with our logical brain, but we don't know really when we're doing this work. So we don't need to know. We just know that we have an entanglement and that we're ready to release it. And that's the important part. Yeah. How does letting go of fa- past family ancestral trauma, how does it uh, help people to enjoy their lives more and have more fun? Yeah. So when we are, uh, so there are different kinds of entanglements. This is what we call what we're carrying from our ancestors. We can have entanglements of, um, I'm going to do it the same way as you, as you, as you did, as as it happened to you. So then, you know, if I, if they had struggles with abundance, they were, they didn't have enough, then I'm always going to find ways to lose money. If they didn't have a 
good uh, relationship with a partner, then I'm going to unconsciously find partners that are going to help me fail in the relationship because that's actually what I want to do it the same way as they did. But we can also have entanglements with excluded member uh, members of the family system, the rejected ones, because everybody belongs. So when somebody's excluded, uh, the younger generations to help heal the family system can have entanglements with excluded members of the family system. And then we carry their patterns, we carry their characteristics, we carry and start like representing the reason for which they were excluded from the family system. So we're doing it uh, exactly the same way as they did to make an awareness in the family that a person like this is, is missing in the family system. There's a lot of excluded members that are members that are you know, they're not alive. And that's the reason why they're excluded, for example, abortions and miscarriages. Um, members of the family that died in a tragic way or that died young and people just don't want to remember because it's too painful to remember. So if we have an entanglement with the, of this type of somebody that, that passed away that wasn't able to live. It's a little bit like we're following them. It's like we have a close like relationship, a close attachment to them. And if we are with these uh, members of the family system that we're not able to live, then we are not in life. And what does it mean to be in life? Being in life means that we give ourselves permission, that we are have access, that we have the opportunity to have abundance, health, joy, you know, fun, success, good relationships, all these that life can give to us. We are have that and have the access to it when we're in life. But if we have an entanglement with somebody that's dead, we're not in life. So it keeps us away from that. If we have entanglements with members of the family system that had a very hard life and had no time to enjoy life, could not even think about that, then it's like, I'm going to do it like you do. You know, life is tough. You know, this is the way it is. We don't have fun. We, we work hard. We suffer. This is what we do. So I'm going to do it the same way as you do, as you did. So then... Um, so that's what I start unconsciously looking and finding in my life. I like, you know, I find there's a job opportunity and I'm going to take the one that's going to be tough, difficult, you know, because this is what we do. So when we start to work on this, uh, letting go of what's not ours, then we're going to be able to start having access to give ourselves permission to let go of what's keeping us, of, you know, uh, keeping us from being in life, from being with abundance, with joy, with health, with success, with love, with fun, with beauty, with all this that life can give to us. So then I'm able to say, for example, um, I know that, you know, you, you, you suffered with uh, a lack of abundance uh, and this was your experience and I honor and I respect you. And this, and now I'm going to choose to do something different because there's no point of me suffering and just continuing with the suffering in the system. I'm going to start, you know, choose to do something different so that your suffering was not in vain. And I now choose to have abundance. I now choose to have fun. I now choose to have joy. And I choose to do this so that my ancestors also connect to me through, through you know, through this experience and they're able to connect to the part that they were not able to experience. So we start letting go of the part that's limiting us, being away from what we want, away from having fun. And we start choosing to have fun because we also give ourselves permission. Nobody needs to give us permission. If we're small children, yes, we need the permission of our ancestors, of our parents, because we're still depending on them. But once we become adults, we are the ones that give ourselves permissions to have joy, to have fun, to have abundance and all this that life can give to us. We are the ones that actually choose. I want to be in life.
And this does not mean that we're not going to have problems or difficulties because that's what life is made of. You know, we grow, we learn, we expand through these experiences. But when we're able to do this work, those situations are not going to limit us anymore from having joy, from having, uh, you know, this uh connection with enjoying our life with whatever that is it's like we're able to flow in our life instead instead of getting stuck with these problems and and patterns and difficulties and, and challenges we're not stuck in there anymore we're able to flow we're able to enjoy even though we have those problems even though i have a difficulty with this person even though i have this illness i've even though i have this you know don't have a job right now i still it's not going to keep me from you know having fun, looking at the beauty, looking looking at the kindness and being able to help others if, you know, they need help and being able to accept help. And, you know, so that's what being in life means. And this is what, uh, what we do when we're able to let go of those parts of the family constellation that we're carrying, uh, these parts that we carry from our ancestors, these, you know, unresolved issues and trauma that we're carrying. We're able to then be in life and enjoy life and have fun. Yeah. Are you okay if we move on to uh, other things to get to know you a little bit more sure <laughs> all right i always ask everyone how do you define fun how do i define fun i would have to say is that what brings smile a smile <laughs> what brings a laughter what brings enjoyment what brings this connection and different vibration inside of us uh, that just makes us feel alive. I think that's the way that I would uh, define fun. Although, you know, that's this is why I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> I actually yeah. never thought about the definition of fun. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because I, I, I've asked now, I don't know how many people, uh, this question. And everyone has like slightly different. I mean, they're they're all very similar responses, but it's like slightly different because we don't really think about about it that much like we don't think about like what is what is what does fun mean what is fun like you know that kind of thing so yeah so I like to hear what people's you know yeah do, do you out, mind you know? yeah do you mind if I ask you what is your definition of fun I mean, I'm curious especially like like having all these experiences I, I'm wondering what is yours yeah um so yeah I would say lightness and flow and Someone had like a really great uh, definition that I can't remember that I would just like to adopt myself. But basically, it's like, yeah, when when you are no no longer aware of where you like the time and stuff like that, you know, where you just are like, oh, my goodness, that time just went by. I just don't even know what happened. It was so great, you know, like that kind of thing and and that lightness. So, I yeah, that's where I i think oh i love that part yeah yeah <laughs> um i also always like to ask people what their play personality is and i apologize for not sending uh a, the list so you could like look at it first but there are eight play personalities according to the national institute of play um so they are joker kinesthetic competitor Storyteller, explorer, collector, and director, and creative artist. 
and you can be more than one. My goodness. Um, I don't know because I don't know exactly what each one actually means on the on this context. Mm-hmm. Um what resonates more is kinesthetic, but I'm not sure because I, I don't, again, I don't, I don't really know what, what each one means on the context. Could you explain yeah. a little bit? So kinesthetic definitely is like, you know, do you like to move your body dance? Like, d- does that bring you a lot of joy to, you know, move your body and experience things through your body and things like that? Um, So, you know, that's that one. And then competitor, I'm sure. Yeah. That one's pretty self-explanatory because it's just like Mm -hmm. you like competition uh joker i feel like it's pretty self-explanatory storyteller you know do you like to tell stories do you like other people's stories like do you connect people through stories things like that explorer that can be like exploring like like physically like traveling but also i think it's like like people that like if you like to do research like exploring topics and you know things like that that is also part of the explorer creative i i mean that can be creative in a lot of different ways like uh, i remember talking to someone and she she knew she was a creative but she didn't realize her husband was a creative but he was an architect Mm. and it's like well of course he's a creative like you know just because he's using math and like is creative in a different way. Like it's still being very creative to be an architect. So, um, which one did I not talk about? Collector. They, you know, collect experiences, objects, obviously. Um, yeah. And then director is someone who likes to plan things, you know, like I, I like to have people like have people over. I like mm-hmm. to, like plan events like with people be like oh hey anyone want to come and do this and I'll I'm like this you know the one who's making it happen you know like that kind of thing I think that's all of them yeah okay thank you yeah that was very interesting to to learn about I never really explore that so thank you (laughs) I learned a lot of things today I have to say now that I heard the explanations storytelling would be first Mm -hmm. yeah and then the kinesthetic game would be second yeah, I can see that because I, I feel like in in the work that you're doing, there's you know, even if you don't know like specifically the stories, there's still like there's still stories there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I can yeah. see that. When's the last time you laughed so hard that it hurt? Hmm. <laughs> Isn't that nice? I wish that it would happen more often. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> It happened recently, but when it happened, and I don't remember why it happened, but I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I haven't laughed this way in such a long time. Like it happened maybe like three months ago, but before that, maybe it hadn't happened like in two years or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember why it happened, but I know that it was recent because I had that thought of, you know, wow, this hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, ultimately it doesn't really matter why it happened just but like just having that awareness of being like oh that feels so good you know yeah Yeah. Yeah. um what is something that's making you happy this week 
it's making me happy that my daughter is uh, doing volleyball at school and she's this is this was like her dream her, her dream and she finally achieved it and last so this is the second week uh and the first week it was a mess <laughs> because it's so demanding i mean she has to stay every day after school for several hours and sometimes she needs to 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 do the you know go to the games and after she finished that she goes to her normal volleyball practice so some days she leaves like you know eight in the morning to go to school and comes back at 8 30 in the evening oh, wow. non-stop yeah. um so the first week it really caught us by surprise like how intense it was going to be but the second week we were able to organize ourselves better and so it's been so much nicer and it's been such a joy to see her so so happy and uh that she she's able to do this it's something that she worked for so hard that she was able to achieve it and she's in the moment right now of really enjoying it and to see her enjoy that makes me, brings me joy and because this week we were able to flow better with everything then i'm so happy about that because last week it was like we all ended up exhausted we were like oh my goodness <laughs> we have to do something different yeah <laughs> so this week we did and we're like yay okay so that's what i'm happy about <laughs> i'm glad that it, it worked out because like yeah it i'm sure in that moment it was just like i don't know how we're gonna do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and the thing is that they told us like just the day before what was going to be the schedule so it wasn't like we knew in advance for several weeks in order to organize ourselves it was just like one day and I was like, well, no organization happened, of course. <laughs> there was no time. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so like, completely. okay, go, go. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. If, yeah, it's just too bad that, like, that was such a disservice to all of you to just be like, just throw it at you. Here you go. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, <my goodness. laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad it it's working out better. And yeah, that sounds awesome that she's able to able to do that able to pursue that if you had a superpower what would it be i vote you know of course with the superheroes movies we we think about this all the time (laughs) (laughs) and then you ask the question i'm like well what have i thought about before what am i thinking right now nothing comes to my mind about what i really want to let me think um what would I want? You know, there's a movie. I don't remember the, the name, but it's about this guy that uh, suddenly when he reaches 18, his father comes and tells him there's a bit, an ability in our family that starts when you're, you know, only in men and starts when you get to the age of 18 and that we can, you know, travel to the past. And then you just go into a closet and you like think about it. And then you open the closet and you'll be there. And um, so he starts doing this and starts going back to his life and to like re- reliving the moments that he didn't enjoy to try to do them differently. And then he would see how that affected the trajectory of his life. And um, And he can always go back as long as he doesn't have children. But once the children are born, you know, if he goes back, he's not going to have those children anymore. If he changes mm-hmm. anything, he'll not going to have those children anymore. So then um, from the moment that the children are born, after that, he's not able to change anything. He has to move forward from that moment on. So, uh, but he can change things from the moment that the children were born forward. 
But anyway, so the story is that he starts going back, trying to change lots of things and trying to change things and things and things. And at some point he goes, he realizes that there's a lot of things that he cannot change, no matter how many things, you know, there was this girl that he likes. And then he, when he was 16 years old and he tried everything to get her to, to like him and nothing ever worked. And then he suddenly meets her like when she, when he's like uh, 40 years old and, and, and she, and, and he's different. He has more confidence and she's like, Ooh, you know, I don't know why we never, you know, connected when we were teenagers, maybe something could have happened. And he's thinking, no. I tried everything <laughs> and there was no way that we would end up together. I know, you know this is what he thinks. Um, mm -hmm. So he realizes that, that, that some things you cannot ch change. So he started then going back to not change things, but to re relive them with more presence, with more, um, without so much stress and trying to see how to help people that were around to do better, considering that that was the situation. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, he stopped going to the past because he learned how to do that in the present. And just being there present and being able to enjoy the present moment and help others with what's going on in life. And that's what comes to my mind. I would love to go to the past, but not to change things, but just to live them with more presence, with more you know, joy with more acceptance without trying to fight everything. So that would be my superpower that I would, I would like to have. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds like a great superpower. Like, how often are we like, do we like look back and are like, Oh, I wish I had like appreciated like, this time in my life, this person, like myself more, you know, like, when we're young, like, we're like so 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 many of us are so hard on ourselves back then it's just like yeah. why can't I just appreciate like how how awesome I was you know like yeah. that kind of thing you know <laughs> yeah yeah like you're not as broken as you think you are <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no I like that because that's not one that people think of you know yeah. <laughs> how about I I love talking about like travel and I, I saw that you have been to so many places and lived so many places uh what are what are what are like your th your three favorite places I like um let me think I like France in general um Paris for sure but I've been uh I lived in France for one year and it was such a wonderful experience because I got to travel a lot uh, to all the little tiny, like insignificant, that would feel insignificant towns. Mm -hmm. And everything is like a postcard. Everything is so pretty. It's just amazing. It's just beautiful. And, uh, and the food, oh, it's delicious. And so I think France would be one of my, one of my top. And then I, the second that comes to mind is uh, Thailand and um, the islands when there's this clear, beautiful water, warm water. You know, I live in California and the water of the ocean, oh my goodness, is so cold. It is cold. I cannot, you know, go past my knees. It's just, I can't. 
and I love the ocean. I love to float in the ocean. So I love the tropical water of the ocean where it's warm <laughs> when you're not, you know, shivering and you don't need to like a very thick wetsuit to be able to stay there for a long period of time. Yeah. And so I traveled there and the just the views and the water, the color and everything was just magical. It was really so, so pretty. So that would be one of the, of my second one second uh ones uh second places i don't know because uh, i'm like naming countries in general and and then I'm, I'm from guatemala and i love my country i really really think it's so pretty and i love the people there and it's for for a lot of years um you know they do these um studies of you know which are the happiest countries and often Guatemala comes in the in, in top and it, it's people you know they're always happy and even though their world is falling apart there's so much violence there's so many problems there's so much poverty but people are happy really you know you see them and they're happy and mm -hmm. and and I love this and so I lo love to go back to my country and just to be there with the people because it kind of like you get contagious of this like happiness of life you know, independent from the struggles of life. Uh, is this part of the, just being the capacity of being happy with what there is? And and I love to connect to that each time I go back to my country. Yeah. So those would be the three, like France and Thailand and Guatemala. Yeah. How often do you get to go home? I try to go at least once a year. Mm -hmm. so that's what I've been all my family is there my husband as well his family is from from there so we do try to go uh to go to be able to visit everybody and to see them yeah yeah I feel like a lot of countries and I I assume Guatemala too I haven't been to Guatemala there's just so much more like connection between people that is kind of missing in the United States a lot of times because the United States we try to be like individuals you know so much that we miss out on just kind of being cl like collective and together and I feel like it it definitely like people that are more together I feel like I tend to be happier you know hmm. well you know one of the, the the studies actually from happiness do say that that the people that have a community that are more involved in, in you know, socializing with, with others do uh, have happier lives. So there is some, some studies there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. How about let's do a couple of word associations and then I'll, and then I guess go because we're getting to the one hour mark. What do you think of when you think of the word joy? What comes is vibration. For me, joy is like this vibrating with life and with happiness and with being content and connecting to what is in the moment and the beauty. And But it connects like to the vibration that we feel inside of our body. So that's what comes to my mind. Yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> how about stars? So stars, um, what makes me think about the stars is that the universe, the complexity, the the, the wide, the, how big the universe is, how many stars there are, and, how, you know, the, the numbers that are so amazingly big that we cannot even, you know, contemplate how, how big is the universe. And then 
but thinking here in in earth <laughs> with our star our sun and uh and then i think about the people and i think that everybody's a star you know everybody's also a star you know so there's stars in the universe but there's stars here on earth and everybody's a star is a star of their life is a star of what they want to be and uh, and and what, what is it that we want to be a star on you know what what's important to us what we want to really excel and enjoy and and have fun with so and each person is a different star and has different you know different um interest and 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 that's okay but doesn't mean that there's things for each of us that can connect us to to this this joy in life so that's what comes to my mind (laughs) how about money money so when i think of money i think of gratefulness because when you are paying somebody money for something it's a way of saying you know thank you for your service for this product you know even if you go to the supermarket it's like you're getting some eggs and you're giving them money to say you know thank you for the eggs and the same you know when you work uh is your your company is giving you money in a way of saying you know we're grateful for the work that you're doing here so thank you here's you know so it's an exchange of love of gratefulness it's, it's a flow in life and it's um and i think that it's uh, there's a lot of beliefs uh, about money that can get us stuck about you know not wanting it it's it's hard is it's bad it's this and it's that but i think that it's actually the opposite i think it's connected with love and gratefulness mm-hmm. yeah i would say our a lot of people's money mindset is probably um very passed down <laughs> i'm sure like there's like generational travel around money exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah um how about trees so trees made me think about life and how we are all connected because the trees you know they 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 connect uh i for the ones that don't know i live in california close to where there's a lot of redwoods and uh the redwoods are not individual trees, but they're actually this like mm, underneath uh, the these the roots are connected to each other. So it's like this whole system, like an organism underneath of all the trees connecting to each other, and having this wisdom, having this way of working with each other in order to 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 connect to life, to be alive, to 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 breathe. And then through this system of roots, then they're able to 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 you know um to detect when there's a space for a new tree to be born and then a new tree is going to be born from there. So most of the trees are not born from from the seeds, but from this system that's there underneath already that notices that there's a necessity there for a tree or or an opportunity for a new tree to grow. So it starts growing from already the roots underneath. And Mm -hmm. then if there's an illness and a tree is dying, then it's going to send information about how to heal that illness because that tree already has it through the roots to the other ones so that that, the other ones already have those defense mechanisms for that illness that's coming. So it's this, so that's what made me think about trees, this connection with life and with everything, with community, with um, this capacity of being all connected. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I didn't actually know that the redwoods were all connected like that. That's it's amazing. Really, the the, the yeah. forest. Of course, if you see one redwood there in the middle of, you know, the okay. city, that probably is not connected to others because they're not there. But with the, the whole the forests of redwoods are all connected 
all the yeah. trees are connected underneath with the roots. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going to the uh, national, the, you know, going and seeing them in the parks and like, oh my God, it's like magical there. <laughs> so yeah. Amazing. Like, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. What do you think of when you think of music? I think about rhythm. I think about dancing. I think about joy. I think about movement. Yeah. Yeah, I love. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Just thinking about it. <laughs> All right, one last one. What do you think about when you think of home? So home, I think about my family. So I always think that I have two homes, the one here with my husband and my daughter and the one in Guatemala where my parents are and where I grew up. And they are actually in the house where I lived all my life since the moment I was born until I left. Uh, that's where they are right now. Uh, so, so it makes me think about family because I think home is where your family is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on. It was a great conversation. And where can the audience find you? So my website is coachingandconstellations.com. And all my information is there, the events, the sessions, the information about coaching, about family constellations, my uh, videos and the links to my YouTube channel. So you can find everything there in one place. So that's that would be the best the best place to find information about me. All right. Coaching and constellations.com. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. .com. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. And I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Yeah. Well, thank you. You too. It was so much fun. I enjoyed yeah. our conversation. Me too. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. All yeah. right. Thank you too. Bye. Bye.